0: Welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Evan Korn. And today I'm chatting to Louise Boyce over from Mama Still Got It over on Instagram about all things motherhood. So today I'm speaking to Louise Boyce, who is better known as Mama Still Got It over on Insta. And Louise is a mum of three, model, and also a campaigner. So, hi Louise, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. You're so
0: welcome. So do you want to start by telling our listeners a little bit about who
1: you are? Yeah, sure. Um, hello, I am Louise Boyce. Um, I might be better known as Mum, Still Got It. I am a mum of three. My kids are nine, six and two. Um, I've been a model for the last 25 years and then I started doing blogging stuff as well. Um, originally from London, but moved to Farnham during lockdown. I am a vegetarian Virgo and I sneeze a lot. (laughs) Why do you sneeze a lot? (laughs) Do you know what? I have this thing, um, if I'm around bright lights, like the sun or, anything that's bright I will sneeze there is an actual condition for it it's called a chew syndrome like this is no joke um oh my God. <laughs> and I it just means I sneeze a lot so if I look at my phone in the middle of the night I will sneeze or as soon as I leave the house and the sun's shining I will sneeze. but I mean I'm talking sneezing like 15 16 times that
0: is um,
1: so yeah and my kids now have it as well so it's quite funny
0: that's a really really <laughs> great fun fact and a really great party trick. I'll just shine a torch torture <laughs> it in your can just make you sneeze. <laughs> it does it
1: makes me sneeze and obviously in my job when I'm under all these bright lights I just sneeze all the time.
0: Oh no yes. well that's good to be you.
1: <laughs> well yeah I mean, it feels great sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway moving on.
1: <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so
0: we're here to talk today about sort of your the mama still got it so Talk to me about this. Why did you start Mama Still Gossip? And how did it become so big that it is now? And, you know, you've got your, I was watching your TikToks before and everything. How has it become this big platform?
1: So, I mean, I think it came from feeling a little bit lost in myself. Um, I remember being on maternity leave with my second son and just feeling like I'd lost my identity. And I kind of didn't like the fact that, sometimes being a mother there's a stigma that comes with it, which means that you're kind of like washed up, damaged goods, you know, you you've lost it and you're you know, no one really wants to hang out with you anymore because you're a mom and you haven't got time to wash your hair or go out drinking. And I and it really got me down and I I didn't like knowing and especially in the industry that I'm in where it's all about looking good and being on set and, you know, having to be having to to look like you've got your shit together. Um and obviously I, I wasn't working, um, being on maternity leave. And then, so I was feeling a little bit blah and I didn't want to feel blah. And then I got an email um, whilst I was feeding my six month old baby at the time. And I got an email from my agency saying, um, a client wants to shoot you in Italy. Great client, like great photographer, great makeup artist. Like the whole thing just sounded too good to be true. and And my agent said, you know, do you think you're ready to do it? and i looked at my 6 year old son and i went well i guess mama still got it and then this light bulb just went off above my head and i was like that's it i'm going to start a blog or social media page called mama still got it that can help me and help you and remember who you are that you do still have it you never lost it and yes being a mother is hard but under all this motherhood We are fabulous and we've still got it. And so it came from a place of feeling a bit rubbish and I didn't want to give in to the whole, oh, well, you're now damaged goods. So it started from there.
0: And I even saw on your Instagram today, so freaking cute, the little note that your son had left you. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God, I was broke my heart. So I was... um, I went to a meeting and I had my notebook with me. And and weirdly, it's a notebook that I, I don't usually use at the moment. It's like an old one. I thought, I'll just grab that as I was rushing out the house. And as I um, opened the book, there was this beautiful note. And I'm going to read it out for those who are wondering what it said. It said, let's get up on my Instagram. So I opened up my notebook and it says, Hello, mummy. Your family loves you very much. We love you. You do everything for us. And just to let you know, you will never be alone. Okay, happy face, love from Basil Boyce. And I I mean, it makes me want to just cry now because I was in a place of, I've just thrown them into school. I've managed to catch the train. I've managed to get this meeting. You know, as mothers, we're juggling so many plates. And when you see a message like that from your eldest son, it just made my heart sing. And it just made... All the stress that you carry sometimes, the mother, just for those few minutes, just vanished. And I just couldn't wait to see him. And when I picked him up from school earlier today, I just gave him this huge hug. And I was like, When did you write that? Like, when? And it must have been a while ago, because he doesn't call me mummy anymore. He calls me mum. And he was like, Oh, you've only just seen that. I did that ages ago. And I was like, And it was one of those days where I read it at the perfect time. It was just wonderful. It was like, so lovely you to, see to see that it at
0: that point, and it's like the universe came to you. Yeah, it really was.
1: It was. That's yeah, so it really funny. was. It was beautiful, and you know that's the crazy thing about motherhood. It's it's stressful and it's challenging and it's you know it's all these things, and then just one little thing like that is so beautiful, and it just makes all the hard work so worthwhile. You Just like that. That's. Beautiful. I loved it. And I actually want to frame that note and put it and make sure that it's. Yeah, I think I am going to frame it.
0: it. (laughs) I know you speak a lot over on your insert and also your blog about sort of struggling with your identity when you had children. So, how did that sort of take its toll on you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when I first became a mother, I was the first out of all my friends to have a baby. And back then, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't really looking at any motherhood forums or anything. So, I really felt quite alone. And without realizing it, I had a bit of anxiety. I was really worried about how I was as a mother. Was I doing everything correctly? If my baby cried in public, I would feel so on edge and have to leave. And I didn't realize that it was taking a toll on me. And there was a point where I I didn't recognize myself. You know, I went from this jet-setting model traveling around the world full of confidence to then being this really quite anxious mother that didn't really want to go to cafes or anything in case their baby cried. Um, and I didn't realize that that was normal. I didn't realize that sometimes when you become a mother, it isn't all you expected it to be at first. I I had a baby the same time. Beyonce had her first child and she, I was reading all of her you know, magazine articles, interviews saying how wonderful it is and she feels so blessed and her heart is complete. And and at the time I was like, I don't feel like that. I feel like this is really difficult and it's a real shift in my life and you have to adjust. Um, but obviously over time that changes and and I had to really work on myself and my confidence and and after a while you do start to enjoy it. And I did start talking to other mothers who went through the same thing. And that is actually when I I joined social media, but not as Mama Still Got It, I just joined it as myself. And um, it was comforting to know that other mothers were going through what I was going through. Like it's okay if you've messed something up or it's okay if you don't enjoy your kids lessons like, you know sensory classes or whatever it's okay you don't have to go to the swimming lessons and little things like that which made me feel a bit better and then I just started to yeah enjoy it a bit more and and then just kind of through that found my identity and then of course when you when I had my second child you're much more you know accustomed you're you know you're not you're not a novice anymore you know what you're doing and I enjoyed it much more the second time round and obviously the third time round it's like oh here we are again but I do think for a first time mother, especially when you're not um, getting any information from anywhere and that's it. No, I did, I was in an NCT class and all the ladies that were in it with me, um, they made me feel really inadequate. They said that their babies were sleeping through and their husbands and partners were so helpful. Whereas my baby wasn't sleeping through and I wanted to just staple things to my husband's head most of the time. And, (laughs) and, And it wasn't until... I actually said and I said to everyone, I was like, do you know what, I'm sorry I, I can't relate to this, I'm not enjoying this and I'm finding it really hard and then one by one, all of them like, yeah me too, oh my god, I'm like, but then why can't we just be truthful with each other let's just be honest, like we're in this together no one gets a medal for having a baby that sleeps through the night within four weeks or or, or four years, there is no medal, there is no certificates whatever works for you, works best for the baby, and that is something that I've learned over time like like I just stopped listening to advice and what you know I just kind of had to focus on what worked for me and if and if I do struggle and if I don't get things right it's okay it's all right end of the day the kids happy and that's you know all that really mattered for me
0: and I know you you mentioned before that you're a successful model so how did this sort of shift when you were not only pregnant but also after your children
1: well weirdly when you're pregnant as a model, you don't necessarily work as a maternity model. Um, and that's something that I've always known. So when I had my first at 31, I was told by, by my, age, my previous agency that my career was over. Um, and that was a big thing to, to take on. She's so like, great, so I've, I'm having a baby and now my career's over, like what? So that was, that was a horrible thing to kind of swallow. Um, so I didn't really do any pregnancy modeling. For the first two babies, and then when the third one came along, I started a, a campaign called "Push It Out," which was kind of asking for more honesty. Thank you for looking for more honesty in maternity advertising, and that's something that a lot of lots of people didn't know about, and it's something that I did know about. So in the first two pregnancies, I just kind of rolled with it, but with the third one, I, by that point, I was on Instagram, and I mentioned. When I was 17 weeks pregnant, which is still really early on, you know, you think most yeah. people work until they're 35, 37 weeks pregnant. um I announced on my Instagram that I was officially on maternity leave because did you know that, you know, lots of brands don't use um real pregnant models? And it caused such an outrage with so many uh, of my followers that I decided to campaign for it, um, basically asking for just honesty, like if you're using a phone bumped and state it, Um, you know, people state, not people, but brands will state on their website what height the model is, what size the model is, what size clothing she's wearing. And so I was just asking for them to say, if a model is wearing a fake bump, then just state it. And let's use real pregnant models because, you know, we are very able and capable of doing it and we still need to work. And there's, you know, they have got low, and actually when I did this campaign, the amount of models that kind of reached out to me and said that they have always done fake bump modeling. And then when they got pregnant, they lost their jobs. And it's that like
0: crazy though, because surely if they are pregnant and obviously they're gorgeous as well, surely they are the perfect person to do that modeling. And also it's more realistic Yeah. In terms- not just your your bump and tummy that changes it's it's everything so why aren't we showing that as a whole
1: exactly and it, i mean the whole thing is just ridiculous and as i said it's something that i've always grown up with it's something that i've always known within the industry and stupidly i just thought that the general public knew this and it wasn't until i mentioned it that yeah women were messaging me saying thank you so much because it makes sense now because there were women really being hard on themselves and comparing their bumps to these pregnant women online who actually aren't pregnant and you know when you're pregnant you're going through all these hormones anyway and you know there are some women that they don't necessarily feel comfortable in their own skin when they're pregnant so when you see these women online looking absolutely fabulous you do question yourselves I had women saying that they went through a bit of a depression I had other women just thankful saying it, that makes sense, thank you. And obviously every bump is different. Every bump's a different size. Even my three pregnancies, the bumps were different. So I do find it bizarre how we've come such a long way in the fashion industry, we're showing diversity in all aspects of fashion. And yet when it comes to maternity, we're stuck with using a size eight model with a fake bump. I mean, it just seems so old fashioned. And so I was just like, no, I'm not having this. So, yeah, I'm glad that I did it. Um, So I didn't particularly do much modeling when I was pregnant. And now um, I'm, you know, I I am back modeling again. And it's tricky because obviously I've got three children. um, So I have to have family help. You know, my mom and my mother-in-law are very, very helpful I am on the lookout for a part time nanny if there's anyone out there who would like to help me. <laughs> yeah, anyone listening? Any TV over? <laughs> Please help me. I'm also looking for a laundry lady. Um,
0: no, that's that's amazing. And not, honestly, when I was researching it um, previous to this podcast, I actually didn't have a clue either. So you've informed me today anyway i think that's yeah oh, that's so, good yeah, well done to you yeah, for you um, going ahead yeah. with that um and go back to your children you. so you've got inca basil and sunny if that's correct so how old are they yeah male? that's right yeah so uh, nine six and two and how are your sort of pregnancies and births with all three of them
1: so with my eldest one um I found out a very strange way. To, I found out I was pregnant by going to the doctors, getting a prescription for cystitis. I did have an inkling I was pregnant and I did two pregnancy tests. Like, you know, like the the one of the best brands you can think of. I used their pregnancy tests and they both came back negative, which was bizarre because, you know, like you when you know, you know. Um, and I was just convinced I was pregnant, went to the doctors and they were like, oh, you've got cystitis. And I was like, okay, but I think I'm pregnant. And they're like, well, if you've done two pregnancy tests, then you're definitely not. And then I said, well, can I just do one more here whilst I'm here? And they're like, yeah, sure. And the doctor told me I was pregnant as casually as if to say what bus to get to the high street.
0: I feel like that's a really like rare way to find out. Like not many people like go to the doctors and get a yeah. pregnancy test.
1: Yeah, it was not ideal. It's not how you wish to find out you're pregnant. but I did, and then because I kind of felt like it was ruined in a way, um, I did go out and buy a pregnancy test and pretended I didn't know, oh, uh, even though my husband and I did know. Yeah. Um, but we we recreated what we wanted it to be, so we <laughs> I did the whole peeing on a stick and waited for three minutes even oh, I knew no, I was pregnant. And then my husband and I like hugged it out, we're like, oh, I'm having a baby, even though I knew. But it was a very strange way to find out. Yeah. And my birth with him was, it was lovely. It was at home. Um, I I did have an independent midwife and I did hypnobirthing. So it was at home in a water birth. Um, I did ask her for gas and air, but she didn't, she left it in the car. So I didn't have any of that. So it was all completely natural.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: It was quite surreal. Yeah, it was actually. It was quite surreal because I gave birth and... After the midwife checks, she left, and she put me into bed with a cup of tea and my new baby and and she just left and was like, "See you later and I was like well what what just happened i'm what just happened and I remember my husband and I were just looking at our baby, going, "Well what do we do now yeah it but it was it was beautiful it was absolutely beautiful and then I tried to have the same labor with my second son, but I actually ended up getting um placenta abruption, I think that's what it's called. But I basically thought my waters had broken, but instead of water, it was blood. And the the amount of blood was just shocking. It was like I'd been shot. So I was rushed to the hospital. Everything was fine with the baby. They did tests on the baby. Everything was fine with him. They were more worried about me. And they did say, when you give birth, there's a chance that you may bleed. Again, and because every time I was having a contraction, I was just hemorrhaging oh gosh um, and it was it was really scary, and so they burst my waters, and it was really quite a traumatic birth, actually, so from waters being broken to placenta being born, the whole process was forty five minutes, which I know might sound great because it's really really quick, but it wasn't it was awful, it was like one long contract like one long, awful contraction. There weren't really any breaks. I just remember, I remember just screaming throughout the entire process and just begging them to just knock me out, begging for someone just to shoot me dead. Um, It was really quite awful. Um, And then when he was born, I did hemorrhage and I did end up in intensive care, but, It was all fine. The NHS were absolutely incredible. They saved my life. They were beyond marvelous. Um, And I'll never forget them. I kind of wish that I had their addresses and I would send them Christmas cards, birthday cards, bunch of flowers whenever I could, but I don't. Um, And then with the third one, because I went through that trauma, my midwife said that I would have to give birth in hospital. And I was really nervous about having another baby. Um, because of obviously what happened before. Because you know, when you when you have a traumatic labour, it does stay with you. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, pe- people say you forget, but I don't think you do. I, I I definitely haven't. Um, you just kind of accept it, but I had never forgot it. So with my third, I did lots and lots of hypnobirthing and I did go into hospital and i must say i had the most incredible birth completely natural just using hypnobirthing and it was it was actually almost like healing in a way wow um because i had such a traumatic birth with my second to then have a really beautiful one with my third it was yeah it was quite healing and again the nhs were just superb And uh, we had a beautiful view of the Houses of Parliament because we were at St. Thomas's in London. Stunning, stunning place. And it was a very nice way to have my third and final child.
0: Oh, amazing. And that is so strange how you can do all the practicing and hypnobirthing in the world. But when it comes down to your labor, you can't always have the plan that you want. And I think your
1: second birth sort of just says that. Um, Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, anyone can plan like we all want to plan for the perfect labor. And sometimes it doesn't go that way. And, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, we're very, very lucky that we have incredible healthcare here and support. Um, And I did, you know, at this point, I was online and I and I did seek out support to kind of help me get through it because i kept thinking if this had happened 100 years ago maybe maybe even less i probably would have died yeah,
0: that is such a scary uh, thought because medicine has come
1: along such a long way as well exactly scared yeah to think that it's it was really frightening like i kept going round and round in my head like i would have left behind a, uh, two sons and a husband and i and that you know that would make me just to stop me in my tracks and go yeah. oh my god I'm so, so grateful to be here like I'm so grateful for the NHS they literally saved yeah. my life.
0: And that is so anxiety um, inducing as well to have that birth and then go on to have a third I can't imagine how
1: worried you must be. Well been. yeah my mum thought I was crazy she was like when I told her I was pregnant she was like stop it no <laughs> you're lying you can't do this again <laughs> I was like I am it's going to be fine I'm going to you know leave my way through I, it <laughs> exactly I kind of thought if some if something happens again I'm in the best place yeah. like the hospital said as soon as you have waters broken or a contraction they were like come in straight away and I did and I and they kept me there like I think if that happened to somebody having their first child they would have been like oh just go home and come back when your contractions are whatever it's three or four minutes apart but yeah I they told me to stay this and I did feel very relaxed and I do think a lot of you know, when you are in labour, I think the calmer you are, the the better it is. And I did feel calm, and I, my hypno Which, if anyone's listening, if you're wondering who to use, I went with the London Birthing Project. I really hope it's Holly de Cruz. I really, really hope I've said that correctly. Um, and she was absolutely amazing. Uh, highly recommend, highly recommend her because her. And I get, and I I was in labour. With my headphones in, listening to her positive affirmations and her, her hypno birthing, so oh, literally wow. whilst in labour, I was I had my headphones in. I mean, my poor husband was completely shut out because, to be quite honest, they're pretty useless when you're yeah. in giving birth. Yeah, I've heard an stories like that are pretty useless. And it's nice that they're there, but I don't need. I think he was rubbing my back at one point. I was like, get off. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I just, I just put in my headphones. I listened to all these positive affirmations, literally whilst in labour, whilst having contractions, whilst pushing the baby out, and it really, really, really helped me. I highly recommend it.
0: Oh, amazing! Well, if anyone's an advocate for hypnobirthing, there we go. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> um,
0: thank you so much. So, my final question for today's podcast.
1: Is What is a big one? What does motherhood mean to you? Gosh, well, I mean, finding that note today in my notebook from my eldest son, which was completely a surprise, it means love. You know, it really is like when you become a mother, the landscape of your heart changes forever. And you forget this sometimes when life is so or when motherhood is so challenging and, and messy and it's relentless and we can get ourselves into this place where we're like this this is this is really hard and oh I miss my old life and or oh, what you know what have I done but then it's the little things that happen every day you know they happen every day finding a note in your book or your little one holding your hand on the way to school and them giving you a kiss or, you know, last night my middle son got into bed with us. He had a bad dream and he got into bed with us and I just cuddled up next to him and he just went, I love you, mummy. And I just like, my God, I love you too. So it it's motherhood is patience. It's understanding it's respect, but above all it's love.
0: Yeah. That and is so yeah. nice. And I think that's a lovely way to end as well. Mentioning your son's no again, because it's so cute
1: oh it was thank too you so cute much. i think i am gonna frame it oh yeah,
0: you're welcome definitely. thank you for having me on um, yeah thank we're gonna so put much. some links below anyone who's listening so they can go follow you on all the channels because thank you're you them all now um i was watching the oh. tiktoks before and just loving them um and <laughs> mama still got it website and everything that you've mentioned today as well so thank you so much
1: no, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on, and I'm sorry for all the technical difficulties no, at the beginning. Fine. don't <laughs> worry, don't worry. Speak
0: you and bye.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: And don't forget, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go and give us a review.